Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast, bringing a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. This is your boy Z. Thanks for joining me today on this nice summer day, man. We've been having a lot of heat, a lot of humid days here in the shop, but I'm joined by a guest today, man. One of my long, long childhood friends. I mean, we go way back to like, I want to say like I met him when he was in like eighth or seventh grade, but I wanted to kind of bring him on, play basketball in high school. Definitely has some interesting perspective and some different thoughts about the game, knowledgeable of the game. And like I said, just a good friend of mine, so I thought it'd be dope to kind of bring him on and chop it up with him, man. So no other than my, my really good friend, like a brother, uh, Mr. Marcus Edwards. How you doing today, Marcus? I'm oh, good, man. I just want to add, we go back to like when, when CD players, uh, we had the little headphones around the, off the top of your head. We didn't have these little <laughs> wireless earplugs. We didn't have the benefits of technology, but definitely the, um, 20 years, 20 plus years. At least. I mean, bro, remember the, like the days like of going back of putting the speaker in my, my bedroom window, playing like either like some uh, Wu-Tang, like that Raekwon. Like what's your let's, – let's do that like real quick. What was – What's your first memory that stands out about, you know, our friendship? Oh, man. You know, so the thing is, uh, what I think a lot of these kids are benefiting from on the music side of things, which I give them their props. Some of it is nonsense. Some of it, some of it isn't. But in terms of the, the innovation part, you know, a lot of them kind of, you know, don't people claim they don't have the, the freedom of, uh, of thought and so forth and, and, and being innovative. But when I tell you, we used to do some innovative stuff, man. We you would take the uh that speaker, you had that big speaker and set it in the window, and then you had to speak the 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 rim, the basketball rim, uh filled up with uh filled up with, with concrete with the blocks on the on the back yep, of it. We yep. let the rim that <laughs> the, the the trick was we let the rim down to about eight feet because we both about five foot six at the time. <laughs> I'm still about that. <laughs> but we let the rim down and we just have like a rock out session and literally be like Stand under the rim, you know. <laughs> right, that person, right. We just, you know, we just, was, man, we would have a good time, man. And then it was either that or, or any given day, you can pull around the, the um, pull around the cul-de-sac, and then you have a, a full full court game going out there where somebody else would pull their rim around the cul-de-sac or whatever. And I mean, we would just have some amazing moments, amazing times out there, man. Just because it really wasn't a lot to do, you know. Real um, talk, like we would have time. about like what twenty sometimes twenty five people to the point where. You know, some of our neighbors, you know, of the of other races, we'll just say like that, will get kind of nervous and want to oh, call yeah. the police on oh, us, yeah. man, and shut <laughs> it down. But it was like, honestly, we wasn't bothering nobody. We was just hoping, having a good time. And like, that's the only thing I kind of, I'm jealous a little bit of this generation, how they able like to kind of document everything because a lot of stuff they was doing now, riding around, dunking on people's hoops or trying to dunk on each other, or just documenting their daily life, man. We used to you know, have a lot of fun outside hooping, riding bikes, doing all that kind of stuff. And it's like, we kind of got to like talk about it and reminisce about it because we don't necessarily have the pictures 
or the video to pull up and remember that time that we did such and such. So, yeah, man, we go, oh, I mean, we go that far back, bro. We really do. I think that stuff, too, had a, had an effect on not only our games back then, because if you think about it from a literal standpoint, I mean, we were playing games uh, three on three in a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, small environment in that driveway. So right. you didn't get 18-some-odd dribbles to make a move. You had a good two, three dribbles before you had to make a move. It was We had a better flow. I feel like we had a better flow of basketball as a result. You know, we had we had some pretty good times, man. But, it, but, but I do agree. It's all stories that we have where these guys nowadays, they can document everything, and they got those memories forever. You know, so that definitely, I feel you on that 100%. Yeah, you know, and just one more thing before we jump into it, it kind of triggered my thought, because I was literally thinking about how we used to play. Like, we played literally more probably two-on-two, three-on-three, rarely four-on-four, and then, like I said, even rarely that five-on-five unless we was playing full court. But it was almost like we was working on driving kick then, you know, uh, pick-and-roll stuff then, being able to pop out, read, slip. And I didn't know those terms until I actually um went to college to play. I didn't know anything about slipping a screen or a pick and roll. We was just playing, and on top of all that, you know, we didn't have the trainers that these kids yeah, had. We, we weren't training and working out on our skills per se in a, such a high organized manner like they do now. Like literally, we just went out and just played, you know. And I think that speaks a lot of you know to it in itself. And I think it's kind of something that. I want to say they missing because the skill work is great, but I think we was able to like learn skills and play kind of organically, kind of just learn it on the fly without nobody really kind of confining you, which kind of in a lot of ways to me can be beneficial than having like a whole structure set up. Yeah, that's true. A lot of kids don't know how to make reads. It's all calculated, calculated uh, and, and combo moves based on not a read, but just more so what they practice, you know? Right. Uh, but yeah, I feel you 100%. That's why I agree with, I think it was the podcast, which was a great podcast, by the way, which is you did with uh, Joel, um, talking about small fry and the benefits of the kids playing on the smaller rims back then with the women's ball. You know, right. and I, a lot of people have different opinions about that, but I absolutely feel that, you know, the, 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 Human anatomy will catch up, you know, but but in terms of the muscle memory and so forth, like it's nothing better to teach a kid how to do a proper right hand layup, a proper left hand layup, yep. Yep. regardless of the size of the hoop. You know, your, your anatomy will catch up in terms of your, your you know how how tall you grow and so forth. So you won't be fluky, you know, right, right. your whole life. But right. if you can get a shorty to do a do you know do somewhat of a coordinated layup. That's gonna translate over to the when they get tall enough to do it on the ten foot rim. So I think that's something that basketball, which you want to call it, avocados, want to want to try to explore more. I, you know, my when I if, if and when I have a son, man, that's something that I would definitely do is let them rim down and let them learn how to do those type of moves on the smaller rim, and then translate hopefully to when you grow to be six eight six nine coming right. down that lane. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. But you know, with that being said, because um, we could reminisce for for hours. Um, no. Just concluded another NBA season. Uh, one of the more unique ones from the standpoint, you know, we had all the injuries this year, um, but it seems like we got what we thought we were going to have, Cleveland and Golden State in the finals again, and um, wasn't conventional like we thought, you know, Cleveland making the moves. I was about moves. to say, did we? I mean, we, we, all, we, we all thought – I thought we thought Cleveland and um, and Golden State was going to be in the finals. I know most people, maybe a couple people had Houston. 
But I don't. Well, I think Golden State was a lot, but I think more so on paper, Cleveland had a lot of question marks. But I think before that original tip off of the first game of the season, I think Boston was the favorite, man. And then when Gordon Hayward went down, it was in the first or second quarter. It I was think the we first quarter, bro. I don't even line. think he played five <laughs> minutes, man. Like, it was that quick. Man, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I, think I, I know, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself. I think that at that moment, I, and see, I learned a few years ago, I never would go against LeBron James. I never would bet exactly. against him because he, he showed, he, now I'm not saying it's always been this way, but he started to show his worth and his value in the crunch time moments. So I don't doubt, I didn't doubt him, but I started to kind of feel a little more uneasy about them getting to the final. It wasn't a sure shot, you know? So I, so when people say like, yeah, it was what we expected, it was like, I don't know, man. Cause, and then, and then as a, as the season progressed, I think their, their, that first unit that they had with, Isaiah Thomas and uh Well remember Isaiah wasn't even starting at first because he was still hurt. So it was like he was still hurt, yeah. It was like yeah. D Wade at point sometimes. Uh J.R. Smith was upset. How do we get Crowder? Um is Rose gonna give us some you know, it was just a whole kind of high thing. Alu got sick too. Yeah, and, it was just a, a lot going on. It was a lot going yeah. on, but you know, you kind of segued it perfectly in that, talking about not betting against LeBron. Man, I will argue, man, that this playoff run that we just saw from him um, mm -hmm. was one of the best, I think, at least in my mind, probably, definitely in recent memory, but might be one of the best of all time. And I was thinking the other day, and then... Ooh, um, that's, a, that's a big one. <laughs> but think about it. Me and you, we've been fortunate enough. We saw, like, Jordan at the peak of his powers. We saw, like, Shaq and Kobe at the peak of theirs. We just did LeBron. We saw people like Iverson. So, like, you know, we saw some really great players. But when you go back and, like, really look at the numbers, and I got, like, basketball reference open like I always do when I do these. I mean, the mm -hmm. man played 48 minutes of seven games, bro, like, of the finals. Like, I mean, of, of the playoffs, like, all 48 minutes. I mean, he had 50-point yeah. games here and there. I, I want to say – let me see if I could pull it up. His averages for the playoffs was like 35, 9, and 9. And then he came right. off a season where he averaged 27, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, and shot close to 55% from the field. And, and this mm -hmm. was year 15. So, the, you know, what, what did you think about his playoff run? And where did it rank all time for you? What did, what did you think as it was going on and unfolding? Well, I'll say this. I, I do think that this year was absolutely – it was off the charts for him in terms of his playoff performance. But my personal favorite would be 2016 because – actually, it's a toss-up between 2015 and 2016. The 2015 when they lost uh, – when they lost 4-1. Oh, oh, when Ky Kyrie got Kyrie, hurt in the first Kyrie game. Kyrie was hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Olenek, Coach Kelly, whatever the Obrick, whatever his name is – when he, you know, said did that wrestling move on Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah. Kevin yeah. Love was out for the – and see, a lot of people forget that. You know, LeBron was playing shorthanded that year, and right. Golden State came out. They beat him 4-1. But they – but uh, what's his name? Uh, I remember they had uh, – that was when Tristan Thompson had his coming out party. And um, the big the big seven-foot guy, white guy they had, I forget his Miles name. Golf. They he had was, Miles Golf, too. Miles Golf. Miles yeah. Golf. Miles Golf went and got paid from um in, in, <laughs> in LA yeah. after that season. Real you know, talk. They had they had some of the tools, but they didn't have everything they needed. But nonetheless, 
I feel that 2015 was 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 phenomenal because we I think everybody collectively said LeBron did everything that he could do. Mm-hmm. Then in 2016, he came back and had an even more for me even more impressive playoff performance. Though so people would put asterisks there because Draymond got suspended, you know, and uh, we had the whole kicking kicking incident, you know, what I'm saying. Um, but then this year came, and I think that it was equally as impressive. But but I think people started to really feel like, well, you know, um, he's got everything that he wants, and whatever for whatever reason, people start to start. People have this idea that LeBron is is uh, is is the GM of the Cavs. You know, it's just that whole aura. And I I get it and I understand it, but nonetheless, it doesn't take away from the fact that. The people that he had didn't particularly play their best basketball. Then you have people spinning their whole narrative into, well, he didn't make them better and so forth. But <laughs> right. you can't take away from the fact that the like the numbers you just said were phenomenal. But I believe if I'm not if I'm not wrong, that 2015, it was either 2015 or 2016, he missed that triple double average by like 0. 0.2 points or something like that. I, I know so, he did. I think for the playoffs, but I'm all, I'm looking. I'm trying to pull it up now. It's not cooperate, but. I'm almost 100% sure that he averaged a triple-double for that finals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, the I'm, num- so numbers-wise, his numbers were actually better then. You know what I'm saying? Right. But this year, this year it was different. See, when people talk about the numbers part of it, I, I hear a lot of people get their opinions in terms of, you know, oh, well, stats don't matter or stats do matter or the numbers lie or the numbers do lie. You know, and then people then, – then you have the whole whole section of people that say, well, the pe- people make up stats for him. And it's like, you know, I get it. I can understand why people say that. But the reality is you can't take it away. You can't take away a, a number that tells a story. You know what I'm saying? Right. A number tells a story. And when we talk about, I, I don't have on hand his what his PER. That's you know that's way above my my whole knowledge of the game. But I'm I think he's like top five in terms of his usage for his team. And I think you got other players up there like Westbrook, you got um, Harden, other guys that handle the ball just as much, if not more, than LeBron. But then when you still factor in what he's doing in his efficiency, I think he had one game in the series this year where he had five turnovers. It was a, it was game two, I believe it was five or seven turnovers. That was that was horrible. But for anybody else, it's like yeah, you know, okay, yeah, he had five turnovers, but he still almost had a triple double. LeBron mm-hmm. didn't get that pass. <laughs> he right. didn't get that pass because right. we got so used to it. So I think that though this year was great and phenomenal, I do think that it ranks like top three all time like finals performances in a loss. Because mind you. My final point on this, mind you, in 2015, even in a loss, people were actually debating if LeBron should have got MVP. You know what? And but at, but at, not to cut you off real quick, I was listening to Zach Lowe, the writer, and Howard Beck, the writer. They were the only two that actually voted for LeBron MVP. And you know what? I said the same thing. I agreed. I'm looking at stats now, so he didn't average it. He averaged for the finals 35, 13, and 8. 13 rebounds yeah. and 8 assists. I mean yeah. – and then the Crazy, person man. who won MVP was supposedly guarding him, and you held him to that. And I'm not taking anything away from Eagle Dollar, but the way those two was breaking it down, the real MVP was, if you're going to give it to a winning player, was Steph Curry. And, you know, yes, that's why I'm was. glad I got you on real quick because people just look at stats, man. It's just so annoying. But if you really watch that game, 
Everybody yeah. else was able to, like, get their points and get off because the way they was playing Steph, and he was giving the ball up. So every time – What you talking this year? We're no, that year in 15. And 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and they was absolutely. able to play, like, three on two because once they gave it to Draymond or even David Lee, remember, in the middle, they was able yeah. to kick it out for wide open shots. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, bro. It's the same in football. I mean, nobody remembers who lined up side by side with – a Terrell Owens or or uh, or Randy Moss, you know, because I mean those cats, you know, demand double teams. But I'm guaranteed you, you have people that have probably career seasons because they were getting so Randy Moss and T.O. was getting double teams and getting all the focus. It opens up a whole other side of the field. You know what I'm saying? That changes how a team game plans for you, and you and, how, and the same goes for basketball. Like you said, they were they were picking up Steph. They had to pick them up the half court. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. That that changes completely. It makes it basically almost like a four on four. Where you got Clay, you got Draymond who can create, Clay who can do whatever. He definitely ain't creating nothing for himself. He can't even dribble. <laughs> but um, and then you got the rest of their role players who are, we say role players, but they had like really good players. You got a Sean Livingston who like was a could be a starting point guard in the NBA. You know, even before his injury, like right. they got a lot of good pieces. So nonetheless, like yeah, I. I feel you that Steph was would have should have been the MVP, but I mean, again, that's why LeBron's finals performance in 2015 was my favorite because we were we were actually discussing like, yo, like this dude was still the best player on the floor. Think, and the think about the how body, crazy that was, bro. Not to cut you off again, I'm sorry, yeah. but thinking how how crazy nah, that no, was. Good. It's your show, bro. Them. You cut me off whenever. <laughs> <laughs> they took <laughs> they took them to six games. Like, yeah, man. people forget yeah. that. Like, but he won two games. Yeah. I, <laughs> they won two games. I believe I was games. at the UC. I believe I was at the United Center that day. Because they played, when they when they eliminated us, which I've seen a lot of elimination games in Chicago <laughs> with, with LeBron James on the other side. Right. And it's a, it's, a, it's a treat to watch. Even though the Bulls are my team, I mean, I just appreciate the greatness. But I was at that game, man, and I I, I remember thinking, like, man, we about, we get blown out. Like, this is bad, you know. And and it was, like, the last time that, you know, we would have seen, like, the D-Rose or whatever and yep. the Tom Thibodeau in the United Center. You know what yep. I'm saying? I was, I was literally at that game. Um, But then after that, you know, it was still kind of one of those things where it was, like, well, I mean, now what? You know, they're not going to get past anybody else. But it was like, for a while, when you start started to see how LeBron was performing, you legit started to feel like, man, they, they feel, I feel like they have a chance. And I think that, as with anything in our society, man, people get numb to it, and people start to be like, oh, well, what now? I'm not entertained. I'm not entertained anymore. Like, people are not entertained anymore by, Le, by LeBron's theatrics. So, so they, that's they a perfect segue, bro. So why do you think he's so hated then? Because that, that was so my next know, point. That's a perfect segue because I got my own thoughts, but I'm curious to, to, to hear what you say because to me, I think part of it is, which is a shame to me, I don't understand why people can't appreciate greatness. But uh, You know what it is? For me, I think what I, I thought, you know, I'm like, always, we always talk in analogies. You know, I always use analogies. Right. So LeBron to me, LeBron, I see LeBron to uh, uh, how other people view him as like the 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 lady or uh, the the female at school, you know, that uh, got all the tools, you know, might have all the good looks, you know, like is popular on the whatever dance team, cheer team, you know, whatever, and 
you still got people that's in the back like, yeah, but I don't like her attitude or attitude stinks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 and for LeBron, that translates to a lot of his on-court theatrics. You know, his on-court, his on-court demeanor, demeanor can turn a lot of people off. So people can look at him and say, oh, he's got all the tools to be a great player. He's six foot eight, he's 200 and question mark, question mark pounds. Right, <laughs> right. Never really we, know, we don't know, right. But, yeah, but he's got all the tools. He's got the weight. He's got the feel. He's fast. He's strong. He's got a mediocre jump shot, but he can still, he can get hot, and it doesn't even matter. You can't stop him. But then they see, oh, well, he cries all the time. And, well, sometimes he's in his interview and he doesn't come across as, you know, the, uh, the, the epitome of a great teammate. And this is where, going back to what we talked about, how we came up. We came up in that Jordan era. Wasn't nobody touching Jordan. But we also didn't get the full picture of Jordan Thank in you. that era. Thank you. Thank we didn't you. get the full picture of Jordan. We didn't get – we got the story of, like, how he, he stole off of who? The Will Perdue or Bill Wins. One of them uh, – One of them dudes, Steve Kerr? Steve Curry stole off on him in practice, but we didn't get the full story. We didn't get the magnitude of like, man, like this dude just hit a shot for you in the biggest moment of your, one of the biggest moments of your career, getting another ring, whatever. And you're stealing off on your teammate, whatever. We didn't get all the off-court stories that I, you know, you told me. Remember that that book about text? text what was it text winner that wrote that book? Don't keep me on your line about. No, that. I don't even think it was in a book, so I don't even want to say that because that was kind of like. Uh, somebody went to a dinner <laughs> and he was there talking oh. with them. So this was kind of like definitely yeah. off the record type information. I'm but all the, I'm saying all these, all, all, but to the, your all point. the stories. Yeah. Yeah. All the stories that people hear about Jordan, they say, you know, about whatever, you know, the whole aura of Jordan, good and bad. LeBron doesn't have the benefit of being a mythical character. He's get, He has everything in the, in the world of reality and social media so you get it all right there and you can formulate a solid opinion where people lived off of jordan's myth a lot of times so i say that to say i think people just get turned off for, from them by just really not even uh recognizing that they turned up what they don't like about them and can, can sit back and say you know what hey man like i can't hate on that because I, I was the same way with coach I was the same. I hated Kobe. I hated everything about him. But then I look back. I'm like, this man dropped 81 points. This man um, took down the Boston Celtics when they were, at, you know, some. I mean, people argue that they were on their decline, but they they no, had one. Not, not that no, not that year. They wasn't not that year. Yeah, they was on. They had just won back to back, you know. And Kobe, Kobe with a team kind of like LeBron was not supposed to was wasn't counted on to win. And Kobe, Kobe took that team down. I sat back and I said, man, I look stupid hating on this man. Like, how do I, how do I look hating on this man still? You know, but I had to I had to really look down and deep myself. Like, you know, I just don't like how he moves. I felt like he bit Jordan's style. It was a lot of personal reasons that I had for not liking him. <laughs> no, you know? but you know so what? Think- I'll say this, though, with LeBron. I think, to me, the whole LeBron phenomenon thing, because he came in right at the, the when social media right prior to it, um, we never seen anybody cover like that. He was one of that. I think he was the first to have a high school game on ESPN like that. So I, I think where I was when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so, was, I was sitting in Lucky Strikes in High Park, <laughs> and I remember sitting there in two thousand two, two thousand three. Like what? Yeah, it's a high school, game? A high school <laughs> game on. So I think for him, his coverage has been so exhausting. I think people has gotten to a point. 
where it was thrown in your face, you didn't like them. And to me, it's a bigger indictment of where we are as a society, how easy it is to control people's minds. Because really, you just laid it out to me, what I was going to say in a nutshell, that Jordan's whole thing was a facade. It wasn't real. It was something that was engineered. Versus LeBron, you get to see as a, as a real human being, as a real man, not some kind of made up, I'm going to answer all the right questions for what the media wants to hear, which is cool. If that's what you want to do, but if we want to just really get yeah. down to it, that's not really reality. And then, like, to me, the Kobe phenomenon, I thought Kobe, I always respected his game because you got to look at the final result, but I never really always respected his process. That's why I laughed at this yeah. whole detailed Kobe thing, the whole playoffs, because it's like, Kobe, you didn't even play like that, bro. Like, knock it off, you know. And <laughs> I always feel like that Lakers team, especially the second time around, you know, I thought he made him, and Kawhi's is kept. He almost cost them that game seven against Boston when they were actually looking to go back-to-back. -back. They had won it the year before. And um, he just kept shooting the ball. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I'm like, man, bro, if you just give it to Bynum and Gasol, y'all win this game. So I don't know what Phil Jackson said in the huddle because he, he finally <laughs> figured it out. But, you know, the Kobe thing was a little bit different. And for me, though, personally, I never bought into the on-court demeanor because if you go back and look at it, they all kind of complain and whine at stars. I just think – Everybody. I just think the for some reason with the mind, is very powerful. Jordan is just so beloved. And I think because LeBron has been in his face for so long – you know, been in our face and our space for so long, people just love to, to hate on him and the fact that everybody wants to keep comparing him to Jordan. And at that – I mean, he's at that point where – his body of work, in some cases, has surpassed certain players. So what I mean is, is he necessarily have the better, quote-unquote, overall career in a nutshell than a Magic Johnson or maybe even a Larry Bird? You could argue maybe not, especially when you look at it. I mean, Bird won three straight MVPs. LeBron has three. I mean, four. Um, Magic has five championships in nine years. I mean, all NBA. I'm looking at all this stuff for LeBron. But it's getting to the point where 15 years of high-level basketball is 15 years, so it has to account for some. So now it puts him in a position where it's only Jordan, which I don't necessarily agree because you got Kareem there. But um, I found it – I know we talked about this before. I just found it so fascinating how this man was so hated, man, and the different excuses and things they came up with. And I thought what Jabba said was really dope about LeBron on the interview I did with him, how he said – you know, does the off-the-court things matter? Because this dude has done nothing but great things. Now, I don't know what he does with his wife and all that. All I can go is he's never been in a scandal. He's never been caught doing anything. All he does, I mean, I think he could do a little bit more, but that's another debate. But $90 million in scholarships for college? I mean, he's done things that nobody else has done. And he's been an ambassador for the league. And I think that should have to count for some, too. And, you know, I... It's funny that you say that. I want to go back to that Kobe thing. People, when we talk about legacies, LeBron's got a bunch of defining moments, whether it be for the good or for the bad, you know, on his legacy. I, I remember we, you, you and I, when we were together uh, watching that game when they were in the finals against Dallas. And remember, we, we, yeah, we were that, out one of our homeboys' see. house. And that was unexcusable, right? Yeah, that was that, and I think you know what. And it's funny because the other the guys I talked about they podcast they talked about the same thing. How I think we take that off his resume, we look at him different. 
Yeah, because yeah. he actually, I didn't notice, they said that was the only finals that LeBron was favored in as a player, that team, was that finals. And you know what? But here's the thing, with that, with even with that moment, the reason why I bring that moment up is, like I say, he's got moments that define his legacy for the good or the bad, and that was definitely a glaring, black, a glaring bad where none of us could really let him off the hook for that. But then if we turn around to somebody like a Kobe, right? Kobe, that, that that series, that game seven against Phoenix. I mean, yes. to me, that's just like, that's the ultimate black eye on Kobe. If if we wanted to take it there, that right. would be the ultimate black eye on Kobe's legacy. You know what I'm saying? And then you got the other stuff with Shaq, you know, or whatever. Like, I mean, I know they kissed and, kissed and made up on TV or whatever, but, I mean, that's part of his legacy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they right. get along with the best, one of the best centers to play to ever play this game. Could have, you know monopolize the whole Western Conference. But, I mean, then we look at Jordan, people completely dismiss his his shortcomings on what could be viewed, and I stress that, what could be viewed as negative tarnishes on his legacy because he came back in a different way. And that being his losses to Detroit, his losses to Boston, he, he couldn't get out of the Eastern Conference for a while. So right. when people hang their hat on the positive part, People hang their part on the positive part of his legacy of oh well he's six and zero in the finals. It's like, but let's let's take his full body of work. He had to get there. He didn't beat Isaiah and them right away. He didn't beat Boston and them right away. You know what I'm saying? He he came in as a selfish player that had to be taught how to share the ball. So this whole notion of like Jordan was this most unselfish player. It's like understand he grew as a player and he became to be the greatest at his position. I think that people allow their dislike and their disdain for LeBron to overshadow giving him his props of where he's come from and where he's at now and being able to say, at least for now, he is solid. <laughs> he's solid, you know? And I'm not saying you got to be a fan of him, you ain't got to root for him or whatever, but I got a problem with that when I got when basketball heads and people I play with or whatever, and I know they know the game, when they, they paint this narrative of him as if like, what he's doing is like, well, he's supposed to win. It's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, those are the conversations we have about LeBron. He's supposed to come out to eat. He's supposed to do this. He's supposed yeah, to do this. Yeah, and I he's think this. that's the part that was interesting to me with a lot of debates from guys that supposedly play ball at high levels. Like, you're not yeah, supposed to yeah. do anything. Like, nothing's a given. You got to go out there and compete and still be able to do it. And one of the glaring things, like, I looked up the roster. I mean, it's obvious. And I was looking at the stats mainly that Kyrie Irving was not on this team this year. So it was like 26, 27 points you took out of the lineup. And then when you look at this roster up and down, I mean, bro, we was like, is he going to even get past Indiana in the first round? Like, people forget this kind of stuff because we so quick to move on to the next thing. But, you know, real quick, because uh, I wanted to uh, get one more thing in too. Real quick, though, uh, where do you think he should play next year? That that I was about to say, you you got another good segue because I was about to say the last last struggling um, part of his legacy that that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way is even him leaving Cleveland and the whole perception of him going to Miami to join other players to win a ring or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So I mean, here we are now, 2018. I mean, free agency is is nothing like it was in the 80s. So, I mean, these guys are literally, literally, they're controlling their future. You know, I mean. Which is beautiful at, to me, by the way. But I go mean, ahead. Seriously, because when you look at the NBA in, in, in contrast to, 
you know, the NFL, I mean, it's, I mean, it makes it look like why do people even play professional football? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you, uh, it almost makes the bargaining unit for the for the NBA look like you know look like you know the mob. It's like, man, what are those guys doing? But nonetheless, I will say that um, in terms of his next step, I think that his legacy will for, for for true people, for true basketball fans, and people that really know the game and study the game. Whether he goes to LA, whether he goes to um whether he goes to Philly or even somewhere as like Boston. Regardless, it it shouldn't tarnish his legacy at all. It, it doesn't matter who he who he went to play with to to win. Did he win or not, you know? So right. with that being said, with that being said, where I think he'll go, I think he's gonna go to LA. I think he's gonna go to LA. I think on his way out the door. He's gonna groom Alonzo and a, and a Kuzma, who they don't have to get rid of. The Lakers, that is, don't have to get rid of um, Alonzo mm-hmm. and a Kuzma um, to to get Brian. I don't know what their cap numbers are looking like. If they'll be able to still keep a Caldwell Pope or somebody like that. Um, uh, and a Pope did Randall. a one year deal, so technically he's off the books right now. Randall is not gonna take a discount, so I don't think you can afford him and two max players, including LeBron. Um, they're gonna want Ingram if you do a sign and trade. So Ingram might not be there because he's obviously the big, the best asset. Um, LA would be a good fit. Me personally, LA would be a real good fit. It's not even a sentimental thing. I think if I'm LeBron, you got a decent draft this year. You got a, I think they got the seventh of eighth pick. I want to say maybe the eighth because I think the Bulls had the seven. You you sign a long term deal like a three year deal, and you get somebody to come over there with you in Cleveland. And you run it back again. That, I think that's, okay. that just makes the most sense to me because if you get, they were so close to getting a Paul George. You keep Paul, if you get Paul George, you keep Love, you get a, you got a decent draft pick coming in. I don't know who slides at that point position, but let's say even like a Trey Young. I'm just throwing the name out because he just popped in my head because you need like somebody that can do, bring some shooting from the guard position. And you make like one more free agency move, I, I think you right back at the finals again if you're Cleveland regardless of what maybe Boston does. Now, um, we're going to jump into it on the other side of the break, the Kawhi thing, but I think that's what he should do. But I'm in agreement with you. I think ultimately it wouldn't surprise me if somehow he ends his, ends up um, out in L.A. But we're going to pause real quick, take a quick break. Um, we'll be back, and we're going to really get into this Kawhi Leonard saga on the other side of the break. So stay tuned. More to come from the Off the Glass podcast. Hey there, are you joining the podcast? Then head over to Spreaker.com, become a follower of the Off the Glass podcast, or head over to iTunes, subscribe, download. Make sure to go over to the blog, theofftheglasspodcast.com, where I have several blogs already written. For those who have been supporting your boy, I appreciate it. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Off the Glass podcast. Again, I'm joined by one of my childhood friends, um, Marcus and we just been chopping it up about LeBron, but now, bro, we're gonna like you know switch gears as I stated, and let's jump into this Kawhi situation, man. And w- what do you think of the whole thing uh, with with Kawhi um, this whole season? What was your take on it from what you were able to you know keep up with um, from his whole season? From, you know, not playing, only playing like nine games, sitting out, you know, the back and forth with Popovich supposedly in, in his camp and teammates calling him out to the point where he didn't show up for playoff games, then he's rehabbing in New York. 
Um, what did you think of that whole situation? I mean, it was interesting to me. It was very interesting. Initially, I didn't even know what the what the backdrop to the story was. I had to get it through through a couple buddies of mine that were in the know. Um, and and once I actually kind of figured it all out, I, I really feel like this, man. I feel like you know every everybody is different, obviously in terms of their um, player, coach, whatever. You know, we're all different people, and different players respond to different things, and. You know, Pop is regarded as one of the, the greatest coaches, you know, of our generation, you know, without a doubt, you know. But, I mean, I think it's something to be said that how Pop is known to be known to challenge his players, you know. And they all, you know, they uh, before Golden State, San Antonio was the epitome of, you know, share the ball, you know, mm-hmm. team, 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 team. And then um, out the blue, Golden State goes up, you know, and then Kawhi blows up as well coming from absolutely being virtually unheard of, you know. Um, So I think that plays a lot into it right now that he – I'm not saying he's got the big head. That's not the angle I'm coming from. But I just think that he might be just a different type of cat, you know what I'm saying, where he may not respond to things the same way as other people. So there may have been some things that rubbed him the wrong way that he may have felt like, hey, I've done this, I've done that, and he may have not felt appreciated as some other superstar. To my knowledge, he hasn't gotten paid yet. He He had it. I mean, the second deal was his second deal he signed for, I want to say it was $98 but um, for me, and I mean, you dead on with that. For me, I've been following this, you know, obviously really closely, and you know, it was things that happened like how Popovich sat down with LaMarcus Aldridge after Kawhi just came off having the season he had and basically was like, yo, we're going to kind of change some things around, you know, kind of trying to appease what Aldridge wanted, which never made sense to me because, you know, me and my wife, she she can't stand Aldridge. But it's like he wants to be this guy. He can't play with other stars. And it's like when he's not the man, he's uncomfortable. So I think he has some some issues with that possibly. And then the way they came out, and I'm not questioning, I, I'm going to release this blog later this week, but I'm not questioning Popovich's character. I mean, it's been well documented, the things he's been saying with the the nonsense that's going on in the White House. You know, he's very, very uh, about, you know, justice and talking about injustice, especially when just it comes say, to... Just say it, bro. Just go ahead and no, say it, bro. Just he won't. It, yeah, he won't. <laughs> he won't. Yeah, just, you know, when it comes to black people. So I don't want this to come across like, I'm saying pop don't like black people because I'm going to set this whole tone for this. But to me, I thought the whole thing was kind of insulting about how they kept calling his uncle like Uncle Dennis and how his camp is driving this. And, you know, pop was saying that his camp is poisoning his mind and all this kind of stuff. And I thought it was kind of insulting because I have a problem with the way they look at these players anyway. You know, these ain't kids. These ain't boys. These is grown men. And whether if somebody is giving them bad advice or good advice, it's still up to them as men to take the advice and make a decision. So why can't it be that Kawhi didn't like the way they handled his injury? Bottom line, why couldn't it be he does feel like it's a small market and he wants to grow his wings and go somewhere else? Why could it be that maybe he really felt that Nike lowballed him or Jordan Brand in it, and it's not somebody else driving this factor, but it's always, I'm saying, and I said this too in the blog again, that it's always when it's a black athlete, like it's somebody, you know, driving their thinking, almost like there's some kind of, you know, incompetent robot that can't think for themselves. So I always, for me, that kind of stood out, like the whole coverage of how they covered him, I thought was very poor. 
I thought it was insulting. I thought it was condescending at times. I mean, regardless, his uncle is, is his agent. So technically, he's an agent. He's not some uncle that's sitting on the corner drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Right, like, just a, just a yeah, hanger-on. Yeah, like, like and and yeah. my thing is, even if he is a hanger-on, that's Kawhi's choice. But even in this case, they don't even want to give yeah. the um the guy, and I don't want to call him by Uncle Dennis. Let me pull it up real quick. His whole name. Um, <laughs> uncle D. Yeah. Shout out to Uncle D, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but his name is Dennis Robinson. You know, like this is, you know, somebody who – is an agent, so I'm assuming, if I'm not mistaken by the rules, you got to have, like, a law degree or something to be an agent. So, I mean, he's not, like, some clown off the street. But, you know, that's how I kind of took to it, and I thought it was very interesting how they covered that. You know, you don't hear this when it comes to other white athletes. And I'm not trying to make this a race thing, but the thing about this podcast, bro, I want to bring some other perspective and thought. And I know other black yeah. people be thinking this stuff when you be hearing this stuff because it just be looking like, like, man, this dude I mean, is a grown man. He can't think for himself. He might just want out of yeah. San Antonio. It's just that simple. Well, we see that, you know what I'm saying, with the with the, the recent events with the NFL and the, the whole flag, which, you know, it's, it's, it's getting tiring that we're still even talking about it because it's very simple for us. It's just like, man, you know, I can't have my train of thought. I can't believe in things that, that, that I that, – that aren't against the law, and I can't express that I believe in these things, that right. I'm not breaking any laws, you understand right. what I'm saying, without being vilified by the rest of America. I completely understand that all the way. But I also know that, you know, I mean, it's two sides, three sides to the story, you know what I'm saying? Uh, one person's side, the truth, and then reality, you know? And right, right now, I think that we only really get in one side of the story. I mean, Kawhi's not a very outspoken person. He's right. not... He hasn't really put a lot out there, but I don't know. I think it's a lot of truth to the things that we see in the movies about um, about how the business works. Um, with what's my man? Show me the money and and yeah. a draft day and things yeah. of that nature. When right. people live, these some of these organizations literally will put stuff out there and they'll they'll play certain cards to try to come with their next move. They hit you, you know, they fake with their left just so they can hit you with the right, you know. Like, right, I've right. Seen, I've gotten updates on my phone all week about the NBA driving. So-and-so's, you know, they said the Kings, Kings thinking about taking Marvin Bagley and so-and-so sold on this draft pick and that draft pick. And I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Even if, the, even if that organization told me, I mm-hmm. think it's a ploy. So mm-hmm. I said it to say that I'm not saying that the Spurs are doing what they're doing or did what they did with Malice and Chant to um to do anything i don't know you know i really don't know but i do think it is very interesting the narrative that they end up putting on it is right. like oh he got another sport athlete that you know he should be fortunate that he's in the league came from nothing and he's got a hanger on and telling them what to do and like you said let's keep it all we're keeping it all business here's another professional athlete that is consulting with his agent, regardless of if it's Uncle Dennis, you know what I'm saying, or Uncle Ch- Uncle Joe, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right, it doesn't matter. Right. It's, just, it's his agent. It's his business partner, you know. And I'm glad, that, not to bring LeBron back into the conversation, but that's something that I'm glad LeBron, he, he kind of, he, he, he did the Reggie Bush on that whole notion that he's got his quote-unquote posse. Right. Right. He's he, legitimized. He's completely legitimized his business, his friends, everything. Yep. Where you have to, you have to approach them with a level of respect. Where it's like, no, nah, them not. Those not just his friends. That's not his crew. 
those are his business partners and business associates. So I, I, I get what you're saying. I completely understand. And just so we clear, I don't think the Spurs did it with malice. I'm just saying these are the narratives that often get painted. And then oh, we it just, happens. Yeah, yeah it and happens. then we just run with this, you know, and I, I just mm-hmm. think that – um. You know, I'm just kind of tired of seeing it. I think ultimately, though, the Spurs are going to make a trade with Boston, and he's probably going to end up in Boston because they got the most assets. Um, the Spurs were on record saying they're not going to trade him to the Western Conference. I mean, that would be stupid. Um, I, don't, I don't blame him for that. But, you know, just kind of bringing it back full circle, and then we'll close. I just feel like these narratives, whether it's the posse comments, um, the hanger-on comments, his group, his people – you know, all these kind of catchphrases and it's terms camp. that, that I hate that. Yeah, that word. we know it's what camp. they really saying. You know what I mean? Cause they don't use these kind of terminology when it comes to, to white players. I mean, I'm just, you know, just keeping it one hundred, bro, being real. And the fact that they do this kind of stuff, to me, that's when I know that as a society we got a long way to go besides some of the other obvious things. And then, you know, we know what those things are, but when you can look at stuff like that, when we're still in 2018 painting these narratives in sports like this, like we're still painting yeah. these kind of narratives. So um, it's kind of disturbing. But um, real quick, now I'm going to get you out of here, bro. Who do you think the Bulls going to take? Oh, that's a good one. You know what? Uh, it, it's hard to say because of they, because their position in the draft. Um, you know, I, I'll say this. If, if, if Michael Porter falls to him, uh, they better grab him. If Trey Young falls to him, they better grab him too. You know, and then after that, I just hope he don't end up, you know what I'm saying, out the league in three or four years. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's still my, it's still the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, it's still the Bulls. And you know what? I think that – I really think that um, – I mean, it's, 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 not, it's really not even – I think we all know as Chicago fans, man, like um, if we get we – get, Say what Jason Tatum was to the Boston Celtics um, this past season, and we were to get that on the Chicago Bulls. Is that really gonna make any difference in terms of what we do come regular season and or God forbid the playoffs? No, it's not. Right. So I really think we need to build some, get some tools that's gonna help us build towards a fairly respectable future. So I say that to say that. I take a chance, man. I would take a chance with the pick. With the pick, I quietly hope that Michael Porter falls um, because of the questions about his back. Um, I saw some. Fl- I didn't see a lot of them in college. I don't think none of us did because obviously the back injury and so forth. Yeah, he only I looked, played I did some two research games. On him. Yeah, he only played. Two I did games. some research. I, I did some research on him, man. And that six nine, hey man, he got moves. <laughs> he no, got some he, moves. He, and, he was know, the number one prospect. Prospect, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. Until he got hurt, yeah. so and I'm looking at a couple mocks while we talking. Yeah, they got the Bulls taking him at seven. Yeah, so I, I hope I hope I hope he falls like like that like everyone everyone's projecting to. And I think what my point is, what I'm getting at is, we don't have nothing else to lose at this point. You nah. know, we we are literally at the very bottom and beginning of our rebuilding phase, and we need to kind of let that heat die down and go to state before we start trying to. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be LeBron's. It's LeBron's East as long as he's in the East. But then you also got – I mean, you got a Golden – I mean, I'm sorry, a Boston team with 
coming back with a healthy Kyrie, a healthy Gordon Hayward. Yep. You got the two young guys, Jason Tatum and, yep. and Jalen Brown. Yep. I mean, then they got Al Horford signed, signed to a long-term deal. Yep. I mean, seriously, just wait your turn. <laughs> we're, not, yeah, that, we're not ready to play with them boys. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. The Warriors thing is not going anywhere for a while. Boston, Philly's on the rise, depending on what they end up doing. Um, then we still got to contend with LeBron. So, you know, I totally agree with that, man. But, bro, man, you know, we could always keep chopping it up. I appreciate your time, man. man. Thanks for it's finally joining this, me on the this podcast. This ain't feel like a podcast. Yeah. This what we do, man. Yeah, like, this, this, <laughs> this is how we normally talk. <laughs> yeah, real talk, yeah, real talk. But uh, yeah. I appreciate it, bro. Um, thanks for listening today, guys. That's going to bring this episode of the Off the Glass podcast to a close. Don't forget, head over to Spreaker.com. Become a follower of the podcast. Don't just sign up and download. Become a follower of the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at the Off the Glass. Follow me on Facebook at Zach Ramey. Follow me also on Twitter at ZJ at Off the Glass um, as my Twitter handle. So that's going to pretty much do it for today. Stay safe out there. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.